0: All right, y'all, so look, welcome to the Business and Investing Podcast. This is Jamel Gibbs, and uh, today we have a special guest. Uh, he's been on my channel before, and we've discussed infinite banking. We've discussed HELOCs, and you know one of the most popular videos we have is how to combine the infinite banking strategy with the HELOC method in order to be able to build wealth whether you're a real estate investor or a business owner in general. So today we're going to talk about the differences between the two, right? We're not going to focus primarily on the infinite banking aspect of this. We're going to focus on the HELOC and how it applies to what you're trying to accomplish. When you do go out there and get an infinite banking policy, we're going to talk about the differences of, um, The first lean position, the second lean position, we're going to talk about a lot of different things, everything that you need to know in regards to the HELOC and how that applies to what you're looking to accomplish, to go from where you are to where you want to go in business in general. So got my man DeAndre Clayton again, and uh, for those of you who haven't had an opportunity to check out the previous podcast series, this is becoming a series at this point, but... If you haven't had a chance to to check out our previous podcast that we've done, uh, be sure to check the link up in the top and also the link in the description box. I'll leave it down there for you guys as well. But for everybody who's new to the channel, man, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself, bro?
1: Hey, how y'all doing? Well, you know, as mentioned, I'm DeAndre Clayton. Uh, I'm not coming today as the insurance agent for eight years uh, who runs a firm and all that kind of stuff. I'm really focusing more on the financial advising side, um, so that you can kind of get some simple concepts on it, uh, but also kind of expound upon it. So, you know, I've enjoyed the journey, uh, coming on the podcast over and over and over again. Uh, and it's the love has been real. I've enjoyed speaking with everyone, uh, that has reached out for sure. So we're ready to get into the topic. Let's, see. Let's, let's talk about what we're talking about. Yeah, man, <laughs> let's do it. So
0: listen, why don't, why, don't you, why don't we explain what a HELOC
1: is first? Okay, so a HELOC, um, it's a home equity line of credit. So just like anything, when you talk about a line of credit, it is open. It's mm-hmm. not closed. Uh, so sometimes, you know, when we talk about a HELOC, we're really versus versusing it with a mortgage. So normally when you have a mortgage, The money is kind of locked in the walls. Okay, I want to do an addition on my home or anything like that. Okay, well, I need to refinance. I need to add additional years to the house, which adds additional interest to the house, so on and so forth. Now, the HELOC is very different because when you do that refinance, you're not necessarily refinancing with amortization anymore. You're focused on a simple interest loan that is open and that is only, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, So that's the importance of kind of using a HELOC. Now, most of the time when people use them, they kind of think of it as a debt consolidation tool. So some of those who are wiser may use the HELOC to clean up some credit, may use it for the additions on a home, different things like that. Uh, But they've never necessarily thought about it from a home perspective of putting the entire home Mm -hmm. into uh, just, you know, a straight, simple interest vehicle. And so that's kind of what we'll we'll be talking about
0: got it now i get a ton of questions on the channel man in regards to helot how it ties in the infinite banking concept right and all of these different things man uh, one of the interesting topics that come up a lot is what's the difference between a first lean position
1: and a second lean position got you. talk about that got you so easiest way to recognize the difference between first and second lean One of them, you still got your mortgage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the easiest cut and dry way uh, to say it. So a lot of times, and including, I have people who come to me, they've watched the previous podcast, they've went about trying to do this on their own, Mm -hmm. and they go and get a second position, HELOC, thinking, okay, well, he said I could do it this way, and they're not focused on first position, so I'll kind of make it clear that. When you go to a bank, they're normally going to offer you second position. No Mm. matter how much you try to say it, they're going to focus on second position because the amortization and the mortgage is where they make the money. Mm -hmm. So um, when you're talking about the difference between the first and the second, the first goes in place. So let's say there's a 90 percent loan to value on what the current value of the house is. They take that and then they say, okay, this is what's open and then it pays off the remaining balance Mm -hmm. on the home. And then whatever is left over is the open degree that you can use frequently as you see fit. Um, And then the balance is now moved over into a simple interest environment that does not prioritize the interest, but prioritizes principal. So now you can pay off the house significantly faster because there's no schedule to be met. Right, now why, why would a HELOC be great for credit? Oh, man. A HELOC is great for credit for so many different reasons, man. Um, So first, I would say a person needs to understand consumer debt versus mortgage type debt. So Mm -hmm. although a HELOC is not a mortgage, it's still treated as mortgage type debt. So, um, you know, let's say if a person was trying to qualify for like $40,000 in credit cards, Mm -hmm. that's a lot harder than if you were looking at a home, that was 300000 and then you're looking at a home that's 340000 mm-hmm. right? It's way easier to qualify for that distance than it is to get $40,000 right. open line of credit. And that's because of the behavioral aspect. So most creditors, they're not willing to just release open lines of credit uh, to just anybody without a rigorous underwriting campaign because... That's money that you can use. Right. And I don't want you to just be able to use their money as you see fit, and then maybe file bankruptcy one day and never pay them back.
0: <laughs>
1: so, um, so I would say that when you're talking about how the HELOC affects credit, you know, most of my clients, when they get into the HELOC, and then they say, "Hey, man, I got, I got this debt. I got this debt. I got this debt." They may not have known what effect it was having on their cash flow. Mm-hmm. But we move over that debt into a into the heloc they go ahead and pay for it now their cash flow is open the payments that they were sending there and now they don't have to worry about this pesky charge that might interest charge that might come up on the 28th of the month that they really didn't make any any uh you know (laughs) they didn't think that it was going to happen most people don't even budget that in You know, so they they might say, oh, well, I'm going to put $500 on this credit card, but they never really make room for saying, well, really, I only put $300 on there because there was a $200 interest charge that came out at Mm -hmm. the end of the month. So it gets rid of that and basically takes that time frame, the prolonging time frame, and it collapses it that way. So. It definitely makes your, your credit better from that standpoint.
0: And what type of credit score would you say the average person needs in order to get a HELOC?
1: Okay, so if you're talking first position, uh, you definitely want to have about a six eighty or mm-hmm. above, right? Uh, and so that kind of that kind of shows the the purpose of maybe a second position sometimes because not everybody is at six eighty yet, right? Right. So so what would this what? You know, if,
0: after doing some research, I kind of know where you're going with this already. But mm-hmm. if you're, and it's if you're looking for a second lien position, say you have a first, say you have a mortgage on your property, right, that's holding the first lien position, right. and you look to refinance the equity,
1: mm-hmm.
0: take a HELOC out on the equity that's in the property, that's going to be the second lien. That's position. the second lien position. What type of score would you? Say you need for something like that. So
1: you have the ability to do that in the lower 600s than the higher 600s, Mm -hmm. right? And so I have clients who have 620s Mm -hmm. that have HELOCs, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, which is not going to happen with the first position. It's not. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Which which one of those would be more beneficial, though? So would it be more beneficial, because I know we discussed this before. Right. Is it more beneficial to have a first lean position or a second lean position Or does it matter based on
1: circumstance? Uh, Matters based on circumstances, right? So if we were cut and dry and said first position was better, in majority circumstances, if the cash flow Mm -hmm. is good, first position is defined definitely better. Mm -hmm. If the cash flow is not as good, second position might be better to kind of clear up some of the debts, uh, build up your own credit score, work on those things in the meantime so that you stair step up to a first position in the future and then you can work on your biggest debt which will be your mortgage Mm -hmm. and take that balance and simplify it then at that point. Because here's,
0: when when I think HELOC and I think investment, what I'm purposely looking to do uh, with, with HELOC money right. is, and this is in the second lien mm-hmm. position, I'm looking to take that money, maybe go flip a property, mm-hmm. for example, okay. right? Um, then refinance the money back out, take a new mortgage out on that second property, okay? and then pay the HELOC back and then just keep doing it. So it's seed money, that's all it, It's playing a position for seed money
1: or uh, allowing you to, to yeah. ability. <laughs> a very smart way to do
0: it. Right, it's allowing you the yeah. ability to have the capital that you need to be able to buy real estate mm-hmm. and build your
1: portfolio up. Absolutely. That's brilliant. Yeah, that, yeah. And that's a really good way to look at it. Because um, most people, and not to cut
0: you off, man, but most people will, well, let's say the average person who doesn't understand investing, what are they going to do? They're going to take the money, they're going to re- remodel the home. Most mm-hmm. people will put new flooring. Go get mm-hmm. some new cabinets, mm-hmm. but now you got to pay that money back. That yeah. money is not working for you, <laughs> yeah. right? What is it doing? It, right. It's just is it, is right. costing you more money every single month.
1: Yeah, at the end absolutely. of the day, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 for some investors where they kind of hit the snag, and sometimes they're doing hard money loans, mm-hmm. right? And so, which is, you know, if you think in terms of a hard money loan, a HELOC will way way better than a hard money loan way better way better than a hard money loan way cheaper uh normally when i'm having a conversation i'm telling people it's simple as pie Mm -hmm. simple interest is where you always want to owe money Mm -hmm. you don't want to owe money in amortized settings you don't want to owe money in compound settings simple interest will always be a lot cheaper debt than those other settings but then Pi is basically that placement is everything, mm. right? So as you place something in a simple interest environment, you'll recognize that, oh my goodness, like I'm, I'm having a lot more freedom mm-hmm. over the money that I had when you know, I use this money for that and then all of a sudden, dang, well, I, I got these schedules I need to pay this off on or you know, all those different things that come with that. So uh, that's really the benefit of the HELOC. It's just the yeah. flexibility of how you want to use it Um, From an investment standpoint, I get, you know, all right, I'm going to seed it here, create a mortgage off of that, create Mm -hmm. a mortgage off of that. And then, you know, if I'm selling, Mm -hmm. uh, i get rid of it and I use it for what its purpose was, right? Um, So it's just a much better way to put it in your portfolio. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. man. So we, we discussed some of the opportunities
0: that it presents, you know, to the average person. What are some of the other opportunities that a
1: HELOC can present? So... Because of the quick payoff periods of um, how a HELOC works, uh, especially when we talked about the cash flow method, Mm -hmm. so I think maybe that'll probably help to narrow down helping a person to understand what the opportunity is. So when you have a first position HELOC, for instance, and you talk about the opportunities you have, one, you got the opportunity to pay your house off really, really fast, Mm -hmm. right? So you're now in an in a loan where you know if you wanted any of the money back that you're putting into it you can take it Mm -hmm. you can use it for the type of lifestyle you want to right i mean i i've had clients who are struggling with $140,000 jobs and barely making it on their expenses layout and they're frugal as all get out right um And they can't go on vacation. They can't do many other things. The HELOC kind of affords you a safety net because that amortized interest is not there. So you know you are wasting a lot of money. Probably double the cost of the house. (laughs) Uh, On average, it works out that, you know, if a person has a 3% interest Mm -hmm. rate, um, they are probably going to pay for the house twice. Mm -hmm. Right? So... Now, if we put it in a simple interest environment and we change how you charge interest and now you're cash flowing through it with the ability to take the money out when you need it on your regular expenses, it usually works out to people paying off the remainder of their loans. I mean, some of my clients, they're, they're on track for seven years, some of them on track for two years, some of them on you track for three years, pay off the entire house. Right. Now, what does that do from an opportunity standpoint? Well, now I I bought back time Mm -hmm. because I was stuck on this house for another 30 years or another 28 years Mm -hmm. or another 24 years. So I bought back time. So I feel like I became younger in that instance. But now I also have access to all this money and I put in it. Mm -hmm. Well, there's opportunities out there. The housing market is going to do this. This is going to do this. I'm not telling you what investment you might feel like you want to do something with crypto. That's your business. But now you have a safety net on how you can go about that and not feel like you lost your shirt, right? Right, And feel like, okay, I was already losing that money in a mortgage, so now I can put it in cash-flowing assets, right. right? So that's I would say that's probably the biggest uh, you know, opportunity that is there. Yeah, absolutely,
0: man. And we can see the importance of setting up a HELOC and having one running,
1: right? Absolutely.
0: So let's talk about that. Absolutely. Know, why, why, is it, why is it important to
1: have one of these in play right so it's really important because life is full of wins and not ifs mm. so um we we don't we don't play the what if factor man. yeah we we, we don't yeah. play the what if factor because when is going to happen right yep. and so um so some people you know when you think about how a mortgage is designed a mortgage doesn't care about you losing your job hmm it does not care about you losing your job, your first thing in your mind is oh i I, I need to go ahead and get a job, yeah, and a lot of times, even when I poll my clients, I ask you know what is the um what is the feeling about being in a mortgage if you lost your job? Mm-hmm. First thing, I got to pay my mortgage mm-hmm. right, so then I say, okay, so you got to pay your mortgage now, what if you were making a hundred thousand dollars but the first job that called you was $90,000. Would you take it? Every last one of them says yes. Why? Now, they don't know why they're saying yes. They're saying yes because they're like, well, yeah. I, I need to pay my mortgage. And so I tell them, I said, well, in that moment, what you're saying is that your mortgage, you have worked to pay your mortgage and that your mortgage actually makes you worth less right? Because in most cases you want to raise, mm-hmm. but your desperation in a mortgage reaches a, a section where you're like, okay, fight or flight is triggered. I'm willing to make less money. I'm willing to say I'm worth less just to be able to survive and pay this, pay, right? Pay the right? And so the HELOC changes that concept completely, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm the same family, and I've had this happen where there's families that after the HELOC opens, they have access to $396,000. Mm-hmm. But their answer was still the same if they lost their job in a mortgage. So it's like, okay, well, how would you feel if you had access to $396,000? Mm-hmm. Would you allow the first job that called you with the worst offer, mm-hmm. would you allow them to hire you? And they're like... Absolutely not. That's the difference between the heloc. Got gotcha. you right. <laughs> you know that's that's really the inherent difference. Is okay. I'm sitting on a gold mine here. This is my home. It's an asset. It can float me for a certain amount of time because I put equity in here. Right. I put sweat equity into this home, right? And so a lot of people, you know, it's very it's revolutionary in that standpoint because it takes a weight off their shoulders to know yeah. I got access to this type of capital now that next job I need to raise because yeah. I'm not worth less that's right, right? Worth I, more. I'm worth more right? exactly, <laughs> man. Now,
0: now a lot of people they, they want to see somebody else do it first oh, gosh.
1: Right? yeah so you got that <laughs> You
0: call it the herd mentality. The
1: herd mentality, right?
0: yes. What, what would you
1: say to somebody that's that's thinking too much about it? Okay, so um, the main thing that I would say to somebody who thinks too much about it is most of the time a herd mentality, things are normally not good if there's a herd, mm-hmm. right? And what I mean by that is if you look at the nation, you have the top 1% owning 80% of the wealth, mm-hmm. and then you have the 20% uh, being shared by the remaining 99%. But the sad part about that is we don't even want to say it's shared by the remaining 99% because maybe the top 10% are taking the lion's share of even that 20%. Right. And so it's like, you know, maybe the average citizen is really sharing about 5% Mm -hmm. of the wealth in the country. So what does that mean? Well, the normal person that you know, doesn't make good financial decisions, right? right? So following a person and saying, okay, well, I need to be the first person in my family to do it so that my family starts doing this, you know, your family has done a million different things that are not valuable that you have followed, right? Mm-hmm. You know, rather... <laughs> Rather, like, you know, know, and I tell people,
0: and speaking about the herd mentality, you know, most people are broke, most people are broke, right? So, if you follow the herd, what's going to happen with you? You're going to end up broke, you're going to end up broke, right? So, at the end of the day, you know, I always tell people, don't take advice from broke people, don't take financial (laughs) advice from broke people. Oh my god, unless you want to be broke, unless you want to be broke, you know what I mean? So, if you want to change your financial game, you got to do what financially savvy people are doing right and same is true on the other end absolutely so if you are waiting for somebody to get a HELOC to be able to do something with the money and you know in this case invest Mm -hmm. the money Mm -hmm. and they haven't done it yet and you're waiting to see what the result is going to be you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because time ain't going to wait for you or nobody else
1: absolutely not right absolutely not yeah. Especially with interest rates these <laughs> days, man. You know. That's a very good point too, because I'm seeing even interest rates on mortgages are close to the interest rates on the HELOC. Yeah. So Ain't that something? Right? It's it's terrifying to think about because when I run the calculations on a HELOC, I could run a client and and this is just an average situation right mm-hmm. so i could run a client on a 7.5% interest rate on a heloc and let's say i pretended that i wanted to run one at 25% mhm so i run it at 25% and, and just for clarity
0: go ahead you know as of just the other day i didn't check what the interest rate was today but it we, we crossed over 7%. Right. Anyway. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So you're talking seven and a half. What what would right. you say the HELOC interest rate is? Today? So
1: so my residentials uh, for a lot of companies that I prefer is 7.5. For some other companies, you may see a 9% interest rate. 9%.
0: Right? And that's usually, that's a, about right. Because right. even on an investment property, Right. you know, you're going to pay over 9% these days anyway, Correct. right? So Correct. with a HELOC, keeping keeping that in mind and, and not to get too far off topic, but um over seven percent for a home in this market, mm-hmm. probably upwards of nine percent. What if your credit score is a little lower? That six twenty ish,
1: six twenty five ish range. Well if you if you're talking first position, you're probably going you're you're not even gonna be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So uh if you're talking second position um then you're probably looking at a little bit above nine percent on it uh i would say the highest i've seen is maybe 11 on a second position yeah with a, with a um, lower credit score which, a is, lower credit which score. can
0: be equivalent to hard money hard money can range somewhere between you know 10 and 15 percent easily right so would you rather borrow the money and pay yourself? Because what I would do is borrow the money and pay myself the hard
1: money fee. Right, you know what I mean? Well, and, and I would say the difference on it from a hard money standpoint. So when you have, uh, when you have a second position HELOC, interest doesn't charge right away, mm-hmm. right? So it only charges on what you use, mm-hmm. right? In a first position HELOC, it, it has the payoff of balance so the interest charges right away, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so a second position HELOC from that standpoint, you know, for a person who has lower income, that is valuable for them that the interest doesn't trigger right away, and they can figure out, okay, all right. So I did get approved. Now what do I do? Um, the first position, it got rid of your mortgage payment, so the interest, mm-hmm. uh, the interest is definitely not going to be too much of an issue for right, you right. without having to pay your mortgage. You know, <laughs> without right. a principal and mortgage pay, principal and interest payment. So right, so you got or you, PMI, so it also gets rid of PMI on a on a first position. You on a first well. position, that's if you go
0: first position. If you go first, first position, position,
1: right? If you go first position. Exactly.
0: So we got um, interest rates. You know, are going to be more beneficial on a HELOC than it is on a regular mortgage, even if they're a little higher. Now you were talking about the 25% versus the 7%. Where were
1: you going with that? Right. Oh yeah. So, so I did this um, and it actually was an accident. So, and it was funny because it taught me psychologically, even my own connection to how I feel about interest rates. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, we were doing, uh, we were doing a consultation i think it was it was with briscoe so Mm -hmm. me and briscoe were doing a consultation with the client and um the client was a real estate investor Mm -hmm. so uh briscoe's computer starts to go on a fritz and he has to kind of he he says hey look you know can you can you finish this at least from a zillow perspective could Mm -hmm. you run these mathematics from a zillow perspective so the client decides okay i'm gonna break the whole concept down so what she does And she puts 25% in the interest column Mm -hmm. for the interest rate on the HELOP. Well, the change was that it went from her paying the house off in 6.8 years to 7.6 years. Mm. So wait, say that again. (laughs) (laughs) So so when she changed the interest rate, the 25% instead of at the time, it was 6.5. So it wasn't even that big of a difference at all. Right. It wasn't that big of a difference with the cash flow method. Right. And so she was like, what in the world? Like, cause she thought she was really, oh, I got, I got your moment on, on us. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, for me, I was freaking out. I'm like, there's no interest rates that are 25%. No, that's not a thing. You know? But then when I saw it, it really, you know, I was already teaching the method and already believed in the method, but I hadn't tried to spike it up to 25% just cause that's not realistic. It's right, not right, the market. Right. But it shocked me and I realized, oh my goodness, our connection to interest rate is scary, right? Like we, we are so scared of, of the concept of a high interest rate that we don't actually understand how interest is calculated. Mm-hmm. I'm an advisor. And I had that natural <laughs> reaction, right? I, like, I deal with people's finances all the time and I had that natural reaction. I was like... Why did I feel this way? Like, I understand the difference between simple interest and compound interest and amortized interest. And so um, what that solidified to me was really we have to break the conversation down from an interest perspective first before Mm -hmm. we even get into anything. Right. And so um, right away, it's like, okay, we're not charged interest rate. We're charged interest. interest. Right. (laughs) And interest rate is a component of how interest is calculated. Right. Right. And so it's like, oh, ding, 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 ding. Right. Um, and so <laughs> so with that in mind, it was like, okay, so now that we get that, you know, I would I would do things like, oh, you know, hey, what if I told you the interest rate was 45%? Mm-hmm. And right away everybody's face was, oh my gosh, oh, oh, oh you know, <laughs> they're losing it, right? And so then I ask them, what if the balance is zero? Highway robbery. Yeah, highway <laughs> robbery. And I, I said, what if the balance is zero? And then they say, oh, well, that's more like it. Oh, well, look, I don't owe anything. Right. And so just that change in body mm-hmm. chemistry, that, that, that language yeah, that's there yeah, yeah. shows that, okay, we have this weird reaction to the concept of interest rate because we don't know how interest works. And it uh-huh. doesn't even really matter. You know
0: how much the interest is. As long as people know that they're getting charged something, yep. charged some interest,
1: they, they're gonna go bananas. They're man. gonna go bananas. That's how it is. Yeah, but the but the banks they sell you interest rate. Right. Right. So when you go outside and you drive past any bank and it's talking about the interest mortgage, rate is three percent, they're seven percent. Yeah. Right. Right. And so that's not the biggest deal of it. It's the calculation, mm-hmm. right? And so when clients start to look at their Truth and Lending page and they say, okay. You know, cause they get proud when they talk to me. Seven point five percent? I got I got three percent on mm-hmm. my mortgage. Mm-hmm. I'm doing I get a good mortgage rate, right? And so
0: I said, All right, so let's yeah, just Yeah, but you're start, paying that over 30 years, let, it's gonna cost you two and a half times the yeah, So let, let, the house.
1: Let's just look at let's <laughs> just look at the second page. And then they look and they're like And I say, Okay, so are you paying three percent or are you paying a hundred percent? And they're like 400%. It's, Two no, yeah, it, it's it, usually 250%. Yeah, it's about 250% sometimes, you know. So so and then not don't let the person not have good credit mm-hmm. and their their interest rate on their mortgage Because you know, you remember, high. you're
0: paying if you pay a 100,000 for a house today Chances are you're paying $250 for that house over over 30 years. So, when we think in terms of interest rate, that's why I said 250%. Right. No, no, no. You're paying more, more than double for the
1: house. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. (laughs) No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And so, it doesn't matter that it's fixed. Right. Because it's amortized. Right. And you don't even know what is fixed in it, right? You know, so. It's like, all right, so so simple interest is better, obviously. Simple interest is better because it prioritizes the entire thing being in simple interest. Right. Whereas, yeah. you know, if you're talking about the mortgage, you have this kind of 80-20 split mm-hmm. that happens. So mm-hmm. about 80% goes towards the interest and then 20% Full goes. About, towards- I think we calculated 17 years before, yeah. Yeah. something like that. So And then you get this 50-50 split after that, mm-hmm. right? And so... For the average client, you know, they're looking at what they're paying, and it's like, dang, man, like, I got this $2,500 note, mm-hmm. and by the end of the year, I paid $6,000 down in the house. How is this possible? Yeah, yeah. Right? And and it's because- You're giving all your money to the bank, man. It's because of the amortization, right? And they got to get theirs first, right? So let's let's talk about that in a
0: little more detail, man. What's the difference between amortized interest? Uh-huh.
1: And simple. Gotcha, gotcha. So, the difference between amortized interest and simple. So, amortized, first and foremost, what it is, is is, it's a schedule Mm -hmm. of interest. So, what typically happens on an amortized interest schedule is you pay or it bases your calculation and charges you off of what the previous months was, Mm. right? So, right away if you're a person with a brain you would say well my principal is lower this month Mm
0: -hmm.
1: why would i be paying interest in association with what last month was right right if my principal is lower now that allows it to extend the loan Mm -hmm. right and so that causes what we call the schedule right right? and so that schedule um, is something that you should be on track with right uh, and sometimes clients will say, well, well, why would I get a HELOC if I could just, you know, maybe I can get a 15 year mortgage or I can get this type of mortgage and it'll help me to pay it down much quicker, pay it mm-hmm. down much quicker. Well, sometimes if you got a 30 and you tried to pay it off early, there's actually a fee for paying a mortgage off early. Yeah. Right. And so most people don't know that repayment penalty. Most people don't know
0: there's a penalty unless for- unless it's in a in the, um, the agreement. Right. You know what I mean? Unless you change the
1: agreement. And so they're like, oh, I didn't even know that was possible, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, dog, I thought it was a good thing to pay my house <laughs> off you early. Know? A lot of times, you know? like, you
0: know, especially if you're doing, like, let's say, for example, FHA or right. conventional, they won't have a prepayment penalty. Right.
1: But it just depends on the lender. Just depends on the lender, you know? right? Um, but then the other portion is you don't have access to any of that money, mm-hmm. right? So now, do you have things that come up in your life that if you could capture the interest that you wasted, that it would be better suited for? Right. Well, yeah. All of us can think of having parents that may need some help every now Mm -hmm. and then. If you got kids, you know they need help. Uh, You're probably trying to save for their tuition. You're probably trying to save for a number of different things. And meanwhile, the behemoth in the house is the house itself mm-hmm. and the amortized schedule is saying no i don't care about those other things you got to take care of right it treats it as if it's an if mm-hmm. and not a win you're gonna need a car right you know you're gonna need those other go, things you, i mean you need you the know, necessities, you need necessities right right and so so that's that's the reason why i think it's much easier to be in a HELOC from an interest perspective too, because the interest is just stripping so much away from you, mm-hmm. right? Got it, got it, man.
0: What about tax-wise, man? You know, I had something come up oh, on TikTok.
1: Simple interest, sorry, but simple let me, interest. Let's get so it simple interest. So simple interest on a uh, especially a first position HELOC. What it does is calculate month, calculate daily charges, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then charges at the end of the month. So for business owners versus W two. Uh, I I make this kind of illustration because it helps you to understand very easily the difference between interest in a HELOC and Mm -hmm. interest in a mortgage. It's very similar to taxes for a W-2 owner. I mean, for a W-2 worker, they get taxed gross on their gross. So Mm -hmm. they get taxed before they even receive their money. Yeah. Right. Um, Whereas a business owner gets taxed. Now, you know this one, right? Mm -hmm. The business owner gets taxed after their expenses, after their profit, so on and so forth. So who is taxed on more or less? The business owner is taxed on less. So when you talk about the interest on a HELOC, the interest on a home that is in a mortgage is very much like having W-2 income. Right. Because it's already scheduled, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas if you have the interest on a HELOC, you could flow your income through the HELOC, you could pay your bills out of it, and then at the end of the month, the interest is charged in accordance right. to what the principle actually is. Right. Right. Uh, so that's the difference between simple and amortized. I way. had somebody on TikTok uh-huh. that
0: said um, what we were talking about wasn't good advice. Oh, obviously, okay. he's taking it from a 30-second a, a clip and not the full spectrum of the entire podcast but what okay. he said was um, this will work only if you can itemize your deductions and they are over the IRS standard deductions most of the time is not so okay you know what do you what do you say to something like that man?
1: okay so first and foremost you have to be circumstantial mm-hmm. uh, so a- anytime you give advice or anytime you even if you critique something Uh, you would need to critique it from a standpoint of knowing what the person's conditions are. So one thing I will say about the HELOC that a lot of people may not know is that a HELOC can be owned by a business. Now, we have a lot of people who are operating businesses outside of their home, right? Uh, So you can actually own a HELOC. Your business can own the HELOC. The HELOC keeps a ledger of the interest that is calculated mm-hmm. every Automatic. single month, right. automatically. So um, you can deduct interest on the HELOC mm-hmm. that is owned by a business. And then if you, even if you own it by a trust, it could just pass on to whoever the next business owner is of mm-hmm. the family, mm-hmm. h- however you wanna do it. Uh, but that can solve what, what that issue is that he's speaking about without any rate that needs to be met. Right. Right? Uh, so, just the same as if you're a person who operates, you know, a business outside of your home, which most real estate investors, their home is a part of their business. I right. mean, you answer the phone in, in your home all mm-hmm. the time yep. for business. You're probably doing deals all the time in your home for business. Mm-hmm. And this is a real estate podcast. Right. Right? So, <laughs> so that's number one, too. Look, I'm so, shooting a podcast right in we Right, my, We're in your home, right? You, you know, know what I mean? So, so... For a person to realize that, yes, you can, you can layer it in a way that your business is owning the trust or your trust is owning the business and your business is actually owning your home mm-hmm. and your business is owning the HELOC. And then you can say, hey, this is my itemized deductions for this. And you don't need to reach a certain amount because just like regular taxes uh, with a mortgage, You have the ability to say that there's a portion of my home and I can deduct based on the portion of my home. So I hope that gives a little bit of clarity. Yeah, I think people look uh, at it from a matter-of-fact standpoint. Right, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. You know, from looking at it from a bird's-eye view. Yeah, You know what I mean? That's what I I think people need to open their minds, expand it, learn a little bit more about it before they Uh, talk about it on social
1: media, especially. uh, Definitely, because uh, for a lot of people, you know, the financial education that they have is not very strong Mm -hmm. right and that's not necessarily always their their fault it's that you know they're (laughs) well i can't say it's not always their fault (laughs) but you know, we are in environments that probably did not promote financial education. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we even look at the schools from a certain degree, like many schools were not talking about interest. Many schools were not talking about balancing checkbooks right. and things during the, the K through 12 phases, right? right That's right, just right. starting to happen, initiatives like that. So I, I take those kind of comments with a grain of salt. But Likewise. Uh, yeah, just... Read your information. Actually, do due diligence before you know. Before making you make a it comment, because I get them. All <laughs> the time, I know. And there's some people, you can't even.
0: You can tell them the truth. You can provide all the resources, right, right. everything. Right. They still won't do nothing with, it. and they'll argue you down. <laughs> I just had a guy yesterday doing it on YouTube, man. So yeah. I'm just
1: like, I don't even pay attention to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I, I mean, it, it's funny. I I remember I was looking at the video uh, with you and your daughter. Congrats, by the Appreciate way, it, with man. her her graduating, and uh, I think you had mentioned some steps to kind of helping her to become a millionaire at a certain time, mm-hmm. and I was like, my goodness, the amount of people who are just trying to say this is impossible yeah. is <laughs> nuts to or me. The, the negative you
0: know, <laughs> I don't understand it. It's nuts you know? to me, you know. It just shows you the mindset of the average person. Right, But the Absolutely. people who I'm attracting on this podcast and on my YouTube channel are above average absolutely you know what i mean absolutely. so that's who that's who we're talking to we're talking to people with an open mind yes. and understand um that they're going to leave the people with who who are not mm-hmm. you know thinking the same way behind and that's yeah. just what it is man you know obviously there are some
1: dangers though that people uh can't face mm-hmm. with a heloc. let's talk about some of that man absolutely so number one danger is uh yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> which is gonna be <laughs> That's going to be your danger in a, in a mortgage. That's going to be your danger in the HELOC. So if you're not a person who mm-hmm. is managing your finances appropriately, if you're putting all your money into uh, things that are liabilities, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's a chance that it's not going to work for you, mm-hmm. right? Um, but that's going to be the situation even with a mortgage. There's right? risk in everything. There's risk in everything. Right. Um so I would say that's that's number 1 but that's something that doesn't happen often and the reason why I mentioned that first is because it's a, you know what it's a shame that we have to explain that you got to people, <laughs> we gotta explain that there's risk in everything you know so so I think that you know what we're trying to help people to do is not just open your minds but take time to focus right right take time to focus study on your own um when something makes sense to you act Mm -hmm. um don't think that something doesn't make sense because you don't know people who are doing it right because that's that doesn't that doesn't mean anything there's always going to be the first person who was astronaut there's always going to be a first person who did this first person who did that that's Um, a great concept man you know I mean, it's, it's, it's something that you really have to teach though, because Great analogy. It, it is not something that most people kind of live in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tell but people, that also goes back to the herd mentality, yeah, right? Living data. <laughs> that, I, I, I always tell that to people, you know, sometimes people want to hear, you know, everything about me, my family and everything, you know, I love talking about myself. I love talking about my family. But I'm here to help you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so data is what helps you. The, right. the background of it. And, you know, because I, I get that with infinite banking sometimes. You know, people, oh, they heard about this guy. Is it true I can get a Lamborghini? And it's like, nah, I don't know why that makes sense to you. Oh, well, yeah, I don't follow him. I don't know the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know I'm saying? That's not <laughs> but, the smartest thing to do, man.
0: Now, if you're using it to attract more business, that's different. Yeah. If you're doing it just to be on Instagram... Yeah, there we go. You know what I mean? There we go. That's uh, we that's go. not a smart business move. Go there buy go. some real estate to pay for the land. There we go. There you know what go. I mean? There we go. <laughs> so what are some of the dangers, man, besides bad advice? So,
1: so, <laughs> so the other danger I would say is death, mm-hmm. right? So if you're estate planning and... You know, normally when I'm having a conversation, whether a person be in a mortgage or be in a HELOC or looking to get into a HELOC, I stress the importance of planning out your estate. But when you have a HELOC, it becomes mandatory. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it becomes mandatory is if a first position HELOC owns the home and it's open and then you die and the HELOC was in your name, Mm -hmm. well, then now the line of credit is due. What, what is owed on that line is due, right? And so we don't want to leave your families in that situation. So when you talk with me, you might think, oh, he's trying to push estate planning. I'm trying to push protecting the financial education I'm giving you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because I, I want to make sure that if anything happens to you, that life does you know, bring. like you know, Death is a part of life you know, so incapacitation is a part of life. So if anything like that happens, well, how can we ensure that this financial advice is still credible right. past those situations, right? And so um, so let's, let's kind of use that death scenario. So I die. I have a HELOC that's open. I've been using the money. There's a balance left on it. The balance is going to be due at death, mm-hmm. right? Now, if I have the HELOC and it's owned by a trust, which is favorable, and when I say a trust, it's gonna be a revocable trust, not an irrevocable. uh, And I mean, we can get into a conversation about that. Irrevocable has some benefits, but the benefits of an irrevocable, um, they take away the benefits of lending, Mm -hmm. really. Like if you're all irrevocable, then you're not gonna really be able to gain access to money in different places via lending. So OPP is going to be harder, living your life fully on irrevocable. Mm-hmm. Now, living your life... We ain't the, talking about naughty by nature. Yeah, other people's uh, OPM, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> not because I hate you. But, uh, so OPM is going to be much more difficult... Um, if you're living a fully irrevocable trust lifestyle. OPM is a lot better if you're having both. So Mm -hmm. if you have irrevocable plus revocable, then the things that you want to be revocable, you can still have good lending that's available to you. So uh, the HELOC, if if it's owned by a trust, then at death, the difference is the entity didn't die. So the lending is still there. The line of credit is still open, mm-hmm. and the person who succeeds you can take over that line, have access to all of the money, and do what they see fit. Um, and the reason why that's so cool is because when we leave, when we leave property, or you know, when we talk about leaving wealth behind, generational wealth, generational wealth starts at learning how to leave it first, mm-hmm. right? And so we don't know how to leave it. Most of us. Uh, What we think is, okay, well, I know I don't want to have probate. I don't want them to go through probate, so I'm going to put my child's name on my house. (laughs) Right? And they may not know why that's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. They think that's a good idea. All right, so I avoided the probate problem. And you did. You avoided the probate problem. Mm -hmm. But there are other problems that arise. So if that child becomes... Taxes is one of them. Taxes are one of them. If, If the child becomes a drug addict, if the child... Uh, gets into a situation where time and unforeseen, you know, things happen to them and now they need to be in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Um, the nursing home can come to your door even while you're alive and say, where's my money? Because that child is a owner of the property. Right. Right. And so so we talk about these estate planning concepts because, you know, it protects the family and it protects the property to continue staying in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, another aspect is capital gains. Right. So if it's in the child's name before you die, um, then the capital gains cost basis stays the same as if you were alive. Right. So let's say, all right, the house went up from one hundred thousand dollars when I bought it to now the value of it is six hundred thousand. So the capital gains is going to be based on five hundred thousand dollars. Right. Whereas if my child was to get this via the trust. And they decided they wanted to sell the house, so if that now you can write out in the trust that it can't be sold, you can you can make whatever decision you want to in reference to that. but if they decided they wanted to sell it, they could sell the house without capital gains right. So let's say you saw a house go for sale two hundred thousand dollars higher in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. and the time period that has elapsed is six months mm-hmm. you can say. I wanna refinance and get 90% access to what the value currently mm-hmm. is now. Mm-hmm. So now your line of credit just opens up by right. what the difference of that, of that is. That's probably far more valuable than selling it. Normally, when you're thinking about that, you're like, okay, well, I'm just getting the monthly capital from right. you know, the renter, mm-hmm. right? But now if I enhance that, because you can put a first position in HELOC even on an investment property, mm-hmm. Right. So if I enhance that and I'm getting the monthly capital from the renter, but I also have access to all the money in the house. Well, I'm definitely doing way better than the average investor. Right. Right. Um, And and, you know, so it changes the way that you could think about your profit margins, your comps. Mm -hmm. Uh, You may be able to even charge less than the area is uh, as far as how much you want to charge for rent. Um, and get somebody in your homes quicker because you put 30% down on an investment property and now it's in the HELOC and you're in an interest-only right. loan with it. And you can say, okay, well, hmm, if I'm charging them 1800 to live here, but the interest on this loan now is at a point that it's uh, $600. Mm-hmm well, I have a nice profit margin and I could just fuel all of their right. money through it and continue letting them pay it off in a simple interest vehicle and they're doing the work for me. Mm-hmm. Now, they're doing the work slower than you could do it, but it's still better than mortgage, right. you know, speed. Absolutely, so, man. So what's the method to the madness, man?
0: With this whole thing. <laughs> you know, we, 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 when we speak about methods mm-hmm. and, and using different methods and using the HELOC. Right. What's right. the
1: method to the madness? So, so the method to the mag- madness is integration and not segregation, mm-hmm. right? And so um, when, you're, when you're in a mortgage, your money is segregated from the cost of your house. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about sending a payment out to pay for where you live. Whereas when you're inside of the HELOC, you can bank out of the HELOC with all of your income mm-hmm. because you have access to all of the money. So all of it serves as a payment every single time, which quickens the process of you paying off the house significantly faster and having access to money. Now, why is that such a big deal too? Is all of that time that you save, we know that Einstein says, I think it's the eighth wonder of the world, right? Interest, (laughs) I can't remember if it's ninth, right? Yeah, ninth wonder, I'm thinking about little brother, but eighth wonder. (laughs) But eighth wonder of the world, um, you know, is is the interest component of mm-hmm. of, you know, really understanding how that works and compound interest. And so um, rather it be an investment that, you know, most people probably frown upon, like, you know, I, I did this the other day where I kind of did a, a, a prospect of let's say I had a client, maybe graduated from college, average person, graduated from college, got a good job and by the time they are 32, they got a decent amount of equity in their house, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see what would happen if I did a single premium annuity, like a fixed index annuity on them, just to see, okay, let's diversify the, the portfolio, not just infinite banking, but what, what opportunities are out there, right? right? And so I was startled to see what came back. So what came back was that when they hit age 60, mm-hmm. the illustration was reading that they should have $7.5 million from that $100,000 that they That was that chart in. we was looking at earlier. Yeah, yeah, when they were 32. So I started thinking, okay, if I'm conservative, let's say it only performed at half. Would you be okay with $100,000 turning into $4 million after? Absolutely. That you just didn't think about, right? And so... It changes even the way the HELOC can And that's over the course of 28 years. That's that's (laughs) over the course of the 28 years, right? But it changes the way you could think about something like retirement, something like your exit strategy, right? Right? Because now you could say, do I really need to risk my money in the market? Mm -hmm. You can just let it sit. When I can just let it sit because the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest, interest. right? Right? And so sometimes what we do is we forget how money really works and we focus on things that maybe an advisor wants us to focus on like return you could you could get a bag you could just be living in your house and say you know what i just want to pull the sure equity I'm, out i just want to pull the equity out make sure my retirement is straight i know that based on the calculations at my income i'm still projected to pay the house off in five years even mm-hmm. after i pull the equity out i actually did this for a client and the calculation showed them yeah let's talk about some examples man. yeah yeah so So in that particular instance, Mm -hmm. um, I did that for a client. His income was about $140,000. His wife wasn't working. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we ran the expenses on his house. He had 28 years left on his house, Mm -hmm. right? His house now is valued at like $750,000. But uh, he had about $500,000 left Mm -hmm. on the balance of the house. So we ran an illustration based on his expenses, his income, and... He was finishing out paying off the house in like 6.8 years Mm -hmm. um, with that illustration. Then we took $100,000 out so that he could see, okay, what if I just wanted to fund my retirement? What about I just wanted to have a certain amount of money in retirement? So we said, okay, great. So let's take $100,000 out. Let's add $100,000 to the loan, basically, Mm. right? He was still on track to pay the house off in 7.5 years taking hundred thousand dollars out that's crazy and man. using it to fund his retirement simple interest because of simple interest right and so most advisors will tell you oh that's dangerous mm-hmm. why are they not telling you that a mortgage is dangerous what is getting foreclosed on more it's the system yeah, <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying like, but you know the, the mortgage is what's getting foreclosed on more? There's over thirty eight thousand people getting foreclosed on every year. So you you hear those you hear those arguments like, oh, don't use your equity. But correct me if I'm wrong, is it possible to lose your house even if it's paid off? Mm-hmm. Well, you can lose it to taxes. You can if lose you don't, it to taxes, if right? You don't, if you don't pay the so, taxes, you're going to lose Absolutely. It, you know? Absolutely. So one of my businesses is helping people to recover foreclosures if they have not paid their taxes and the home was taken. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a surplus at the auction, so on and so forth. Right. And so so what I realized was, you know, sometimes when people think about the first lien, HELOC, they're like, but it's a lien. The mortgage is a lien. That's right. <laughs> and technically, the taxes is a lien. Yeah. That's why it's called first lien, a second, second lien, lien position. Right. right. You know, And so it's like, you know, you could have a fully paid off house and then not pay the taxes. And, and they're coming it. to get the house.
0: Or if you don't take care of the, the,
1: the, the property itself, code violations. They'll right. come and take your house. Absolutely. So So now that we got that into, now that we understand that, okay, let's move forward. Am I really caring just about... You know, it being a lien on the house now, right. right? Because if I'm in America, I know they can take my house for more yeah. reasons than just that I owe on my house. Eminent domain, right? Eminent do- They can take it for yeah. a number of reasons. Yeah. So if I'm gonna be in that situation, let me use this house to build a life that I want, mm-hmm. to build a life that my kids want, mm-hmm. to build a life that my wife wants. And I could tell you. If I'm a young person that's 32, I take $100,000 out of the house, and I know that, okay, even if I said it performs at half, mm-hmm. how many people actually have $4 billion, $3 million, or $4 million at retirement? Not enough. Not enough? Not enough, Not enough at all. Not enough. And the average person who makes over $100,000 ain't seeing close to a, even a million dollars. Nope. Their retirement as I do the consultations, most of them stuck at I got about thirty thousand dollars mm. in this in I retirement, got, yeah, yes, wow, man, even if they made a hundred thousand, right? I got about thirteen thousand because mm. see, the situation is they've been living life when things happen, mm-hmm. which is reality, which is reality. But the win is not included in the lending of a mortgage. Mm-hmm. The win is not included in their four hundred one k. Those they treat life as if it's ifs, mm-hmm. right? Like your kids, you want your kids to go to school. Most people want their kids to go to school. I'm not knocking school, you know. But so a lot of people want their kids mm-hmm. to go to school. So, if that's a thing for you, that's a win. It's mm-hmm. not an if, really. Um, most kids want to buy their kids a car. Most people want to buy their kids a car. Uh, most people want to be able to take care of uh, being able to sit their wife out of work. If something comes up, the wife gets pregnant, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. These things happen in life. A mortgage does not care about right. you. Right. Right. A mortgage does not no care emotions, that, that happens. Man. There's no emotions in that. A 401k does not care no about emotions. you. Right. And so now you say, okay, well, what DeAndre is talking about is transitioning into things that are for you Mm -hmm. and not for the advisor, because I don't even make money off of telling you about a first lane Mm -hmm. HELOC. Mm -hmm. I don't have an MLO license. I repeat, I don't have an MLO license. I just educated on it. I'm just educated on it. I just teach it, right? So I don't make money by sending you to people to get a HELOC. Mm-hmm. So why is so that there's a- really no benefit in you providing
0: the information? No, because you ain't making money off of it, right? Not, and, even- and, and and that's what we're trying to that's what we're trying to gather here. Right, we're we, we're actually living what we're teaching, right? And we're trying to provide real world examples or real real world information, absolutely, that people can apply based on what we've learned throughout the years of actually doing this stuff.
1: Absolutely, and and really, what I say it's when you say it's no benefit for me. That's the, the job is really of really helping people. That's the job of a fiduciary. That's it. Right? And so I, I've had clients say, oh, you, you're a fiduciary? A fiduciary is supposed to put your needs first. That's it. That's it. Right? The, it, at, from a financial standpoint, a fiduciary is supposed to look at your situation and say, this is what you should be doing yep. because it's the best decision. But now, I don't know too many fiduciaries who would tell you that the mortgage is killing you. Yep. That's a fact, man. Now they' are gonna tell you that if you put two hundred thousand here, three hundred thousand here, oh, you know I can average you this, and it's attached to an annual management fee. It puts right? money in their pockets, man. So, so this is advice that's just game, you know. Yeah. Just I, I remember um, <laughs> this is this is funny. So when I started working with the teachers, mm-hmm. I remember um, I got in trouble with the company I was working with because. Uh, you know, sometimes I would give advice that had no compensation, right? Mm-hmm. So in the state of North Carolina, and some people, you know, if you've got a federal pension, if you've got a state pension, if you've got a local government pension or whatever, you probably can relate to this, that there's a structure for how it's calculated. Mm-hmm. So it might say, hey, your top four consecutive years of earning, we take that times your number of service, and then there's a, a year, there's a multiplier there, right? And so what I would do is sometimes if there was a client, I, I remember a client, she had a $25,000 was her income. Mm-hmm. She had been teaching for 25 years, but she never got like any high end schooling. Mm-hmm. So she was in the elementary school or whatever. And uh, so when I looked at her pension analysis, she was only going to be making like $11,000. Wow. On a pension, Right. And, of course, her Social Security wasn't going to be that much because she was only making $25,000 for, you know, for some mm-hmm. time. So, imagine before that 25000 she wasn't making that much, too. So, the Social Security, she couldn't yeah. have been paying that much. Teachers need sense. to make
0: more money, period. Right? Pay
1: Absolutely. Pay Absolutely. Pay so, so, I'm looking at this situation and she's like, okay, well, you know, I think I can afford putting $50 into a 403B. Mm-hmm. And I tell her, I'm like, nah, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. She's like, huh? What? I, th- I thought you was here to, yeah, I thought you were here to yeah. sell i you know? I was like, nah, nah, $50 ain't going to do nothing for you. I'm not even going to run the calculation because I already know that well, it-, it might give you $500 a year, mm-hmm. which that $50 is more of a sacrifice for you in that situation. Why would I do that to only give you the access yeah. to five, you know? So, so, uh, so I said, here's what we're going to do. Your pension is based on the top four consecutive years. So I'm looking for another job for you. And she looked, she was like, what? And I said, all right, so I'm pulling up. You could be an administrative assistant, you know, for this department. And, oh, they're offering $48,000. Let's go for that. Mm -hmm. Because we're going to change what your pension is, right? Because that is going to be the biggest portion of what changes how you are going to make money. Right. Right. So about six to seven months later, she calls me. DeAndre, DeAndre, you won't believe it. I'm like, hey, what's up? I got a new job. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, I'm working for the state. I'm at this department, and it, I got $48,000. Hmm. I said, okay. She said, well, I'm ready to save now. I said, how long you plan on staying? She said, five years. I said, you still ain't got to save nothing. Wow. She was like, what? I said, now your pension is actually what you were making at your last job wow man look at that right and it's so, all looking out for somebody that's what a fiduciary is right. supposed to do right and so i tell you this story because when i say it's simple placement is everything right. that's serious mm-hmm. right you can have the same amount of money but if you place it in the right places it could do something for you completely different. Yep. And that's the difference between yep. a HELOC. That's the difference between a mortgage. And that's the same thing right. what I was saying about putting your HELOC money into
0: flipping it or... Absolutely. ...investment versus putting it into new floors Absolutely. and cabinets in your,
1: in your house. Absolutely. Placement is everything, man. Absolutely. You know? So how can our listeners get in contact with you? Oh, well, you know, you can always get in contact with me at ClaytonFinancialSolutions.com. Uh, so I'm still running there. Uh, I... Still run, you know, Medicare firm. I still uh still work with uh Pioneer Financial Group. So that's uh, PFG-NC.com. You can see me there. Um, you know, check me out, man. I am yeah, I, I'm a I'm a real guy, normal guy, I like to laugh, like to have fun. Um, but we're we're really trying to help you. We're we're not trying to sell you a dream. Look, it's gonna take sacrifice, it's gonna take hard work. This is not a one size fits all. It's a, it fits you if you're willing to do what needs to be done to get it done, right? right? And it can change your landscape very quickly. Mm-hmm. So if there's one thing you take from it, take that. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a miracle worker. Some, sometimes, you know, people are like, oh man, you know, I, I, I just left my job. Can I get a first position mm-hmm. helon? You, you obviously didn't recognize that it was based on cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> So please don't. Don't call if you just left your job. And how can I make a million dollars on that in 30 days? You know what I mean? You know, so so it's like, you know, be realistic and be diligent about following whatever the path is. Yes. Yes. You can be successful, but you have to plan it. You have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. If you're not intentional, it ain't going to work. I know you had a couple of recommended readings, man. What was the book that you, that you were looking into? So, um, so one of them, well, I was talking about uh, the infinite banking uh, was the AND Asset. So it's from Caleb Williams. But uh, the AND Asset, it applies a lot to the HELOC as well. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to go towards is helping people to understand that wherever you put your money, you want, it, you want to try to put money in a place that has multiple purposes. Right. Diversify. You diversify. And, and I have this conversation all the time with people because our system, you know, from a capitalistic standpoint, it segregates because segregating makes money. Mm-hmm. Just flat out. Segregating makes money. It makes things harder on you. It makes you have to stretch further because you're not recycling money. Mm-hmm. But um, the end asset deals with the infinite banking very well. Um, and it's a simple read. Uh, I know most people know the Nelson Nash uh, book, which is become your own banker. Uh, But the end asset, I really, you know, the principles in it, I feel like you can apply it to both the HELOC as well as the insurance policy where, okay, the money that I'm using to pay my property down, I have access to it for investments. Mm -hmm. I have access to it make sure that the things that i need are taken care of you know it's it's so sad because we often deprive ourselves of things that are a necessity right so you know it's funny i have some clients they'll they'll do the estate planning once the heloc opens Hmm. because they're like now i got money Mm -hmm. right and it it, it's it's kind of funny but it's sad too because it's like you already recognize that there's a necessity here but you'll wait because you are not willing to sacrifice from a necessity standpoint. And so the end asset allows you to say, okay, look, like you said, people operate off of what ifs. They operate off of what ifs. So, so it's like the end assets focus on, hey, look, you know, there's things that's going to happen in your life. There's things you're going to want to do. Mm-hmm. Do them, right? And so for the average family that's living on a, a, a tight budget, they probably ain't been on vacation in the past two or three years. Mm-hmm. You can't operate like that. No. Your it's family not, can't operate like that. Man. It's not realistic. And, and yeah, I understand tightening your bootstraps and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you're going to burn out yep. if you don't have any leisure time with your get family. You get old
0: real fast, man. You get
1: old real fast. And so the HELOC, the Infinite Banking Concept, any of those things that I'm talking about... What they do is kind of give you the peace of mind to say, hey, there was something that I was wasting money on. And that waste of money cost me time with Mm -hmm. my family. Mm -hmm. So I I try to help people to say, "Okay, if you're making $60,000 a year. But the difference between the HELOC and the difference between the mortgage was that now you're paying, you know, Now you're paying hundred and eighty thousand dollars less in interest. That's three years of your time. Yeah. Right. I'm taking that time back, man. Don't you want to take that time back? Don't you think your family deserves that time? Now, yes, still be diligent. But now you can say, I didn't really have to burn eighty hours a week. You know, I didn't have to go crazy. You know, I can I can reasonably do this survive because i placed my stuff in the right place where it doesn't hurt me it benefits me mm-hmm. and that's what the discussion today is really about so it, man. i hope people get that from this uh because you know
0: it, absolutely <laughs> absolutely man so i'm gonna be sure to link all of the details of the recommended reading as well as deandre's uh contact information in the description box so you guys can reach out and really continue to uh Stay on this journey. Stay on this path. Take action to uh, better your circumstances when it comes to uh, financial education, financial literacy in general. Uh, But use these helocs. It's a tool for you to be able to continue to build more wealth. Don't waste the money. Invest it in order to
1: make more money. Any last words
0: for our listeners, man?
1: Hey, man, I love (laughs) y'all. Plan on coming back again. Uh, You know, it's it's always a pleasure. Uh, for uh, any of you, you know, I I get a kick out of some of the banter in the comment section too. Yeah. Um. But you know, I I ask even if you have any uh, things that you want to be critical of. Test me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I enjoy a good test. So I enjoy for anyone to you know try to break the concept down. Try to oh no, that doesn't make sense. A mortgage will work better. I've had mortgage loan officers that look at it and they're like, "Dang, man,
0: man yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah. Like it, it hurts, but you're right." Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we we just want you to be successful, man. That's it's it, it's man. nothing in it for clear intention. Yeah, that is it. That is you know, it.
0: And that's provided. You know, that's that's seen by the information that's provided on this channel. I mean, it's not rocket science. I really do go above and beyond to share information that I've actually used, that I know works, um, and try to provide you with as much detail as possible. You, obviously, you're not going to learn everything on yeah. a video. It's not going to happen. Uh, sometimes coaching comes into play Absolutely. where you know coaching is more spontaneous, where I can teach on the spot
1: mm-hmm.
0: based on what's happening at the time. But with these videos, the object is to provide you with complete detail, enough value for you to be able to make the decision on your own and to be able to do something with the information. That's what this podcast is all about. That's what my YouTube channel and all of the videos are all about. And my hope is that you could go as a family, go from where you are to where you want to go to build that generational wealth that we all are looking for. So hope you enjoyed today's podcast today. Uh, Be sure to like it, subscribe, click the notification bell. If you're on the YouTube channel, if you're on the podcast, you know, if you're in podcast world, be sure to share it with as many people as possible, because this message needs to be heard by the masses. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next one. Take care.